How's everybody doing today? Huh? You guys doing good? Great to see you. Go ahead and uh, let's welcome all of our locations right now and everyone watching online. We're so glad that you're with us at Celebration as we are continuing our God First Life series. And I do want to say that uh, if you attend the arena or our Orange Park campus next weekend, if you could make that 530 service your service of choice. Uh, we are going to have a, a tremendous time at the 530 with all of those baptisms. It's kind of going to be like a, a fall fun fest out here. We really like to make water baptism a real celebration as it is. And uh, so if you want to be water baptized, that is your service to come to. And we're just asking everyone as well, if you can make that your service of choice next weekend, uh, you won't be disappointed. It's going to be a great time. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Matthew chapter six, and that's kind of been our theme chapter over this God First Life series, and we're going to continue uh, talking about God being first today. And I'm going to begin reading here in Matthew chapter six, verse 19, and then we're going to eventually get to verse 24. Jesus is talking about money and possessions, and he says, look, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys, <clears throat> and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves cannot break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. He goes on to say, your eyes, the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eyes good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eyes bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? And then in verse 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. For he will either hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So you see there, Jesus talks about the heart first, then he talks about how you see, and then he talks about what you serve. So your heart is connected to how you see, how you process things, and how you see, how you process things is how you engage or how you react to them. And so today, I want to talk to you about this, how to see money the right way, and what does money have to do with our relationship with God, and I've entitled this message, God and Mammon. God and Mammon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray today, God, as we open your word, God, I pray that our hearts would be connected to you so we could process and see money the way that you see it. God, that you would truly be first in our lives in every area, including our money. And we give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. How many of you, you know, you've heard, you know, all the church talks about is money. Church just wants to talk about money. Raise your hands if you ever heard that, read that. Well, today I'm, I'm going to let all those fears become true. Let me tell you why, why we talk about so much, so much about money, even though in the, in the big picture of things, we don't talk much about money. I, I usually preach on it. We usually once in the spring, once in kind of back to school season, and then we always have a, a late fall series uh, as we kind of lead up to our heart for the house offering. But the Bible talks a ton about money. Did you know that the Bible talks about money uh, more than faith and prayer combined? 
There's over about 2,000 scriptures on, on money and wealth and possessions. Did you know that Jesus, ta Jesus talked about money uh, more than he talked about heaven and hell? And here in Matthew 6, Jesus is, now watch this, this is Jesus' first sermon, first sermon, and you know, he's about to get to, if you keep going down with these verses, he's about to get to Matthew 6.33, 6.33, our theme scripture and, and the scripture that our mission statement is based on, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. But, but Jesus in his very first sermon, brings out this issue of money, okay? Now, this is in your notes. If you're taking notes, why, is, why does the Bible talk so much about money? Well, first of all, let's just look at money in general, okay? First of all, money is essential. How many of you would agree with that? Like, yeah, you, we all have to have money to live. I mean, it's, 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 it's part of our everyday lives. It's essential for all of us. So it's, it's always gonna be on our minds or in some type of focus, in our lives. Also, money is universal. Every single culture, you know, regardless of the time, day, or age, everybody deals with money. Every person of every culture, buying and selling and trading and possessions and resources and currency, everybody deals with that. Also, it's good to remember that money is amoral. That means money is neither good nor bad. You know, the, the, the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says what? The, the love of money can be a root of all kinds of evil. So it's, it's amoral, the same money that's used to preach the gospel and to, and to minister to people and to help the poor and to feed the people and to build churches. Money is also used to, 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 to traffic people and, and the drug trade and cartel and build strip clubs and all those kind of things like that. But it's important to remember that money is amoral. It can be used for good or bad. And this is where it leads to the next component of money, and that is this money is spiritual. Money is a spiritual issue is because it's connected to the heart, and our hearts are connected to God. And that's why Jesus is saying here in this passage in Matthew 6, he talks about, look, your, where your heart is what? Or, or where your treasures are, where your money is invested in there what? There your heart will be also. And so money is a heart issue. Money is is it's essential to all of us. And so let's kind of look at this scripture one more time here. It says, uh, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other. That word hate is, is actually, it doesn't mean like, uh, I hate you. It means like, you know, uh, don't choose. He's gonna choose one or the other is what it's saying there. Hate means like not to, not to choose. He either hate one and love the other or else will be loyal to one and despise the other. Watch. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, so what Jesus is implying here is this. Every single person in this room, every single person right now on the planet is either serving God or mammon. Now, it doesn't say believes. It doesn't say that you either believe in God or mammon. See, there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but they're serving money. Serving what you serve, that's what you're giving your energy towards. That's where your focus is going. That's where your worry is. That's why Jesus is about to go in the very next verse. He actually says, that is why I say unto you, do not worry about your life. He's basically doing all this in the context of money. That's why I tell you, don't worry about your everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life uh, more than food in the body, more than clothing? Jesus is tying this to money. And then eventually when he gets down to Matthew 6, and he says, therefore what? Seek first the kingdom of God. This is all in the context 
of what he's talking about here with money. And it's very interesting in the New King James, he gives money a name. He calls it mammon. Everybody say mammon. Now this word mammon originally comes, it's like an ancient Chaldean word. And what it is, it's, it's money personified. It actually means money that controls, money that has power, money personified. And then throughout the ancient lands, there were, there were many gods or, 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 or deities or idols that were actually called mammon that people would worship to, to, uh, uh, that they thought could bring them prosperity or whatever like that. But mammon is money personified. It's money personified. And what Jesus is saying here is that each and every person is either serving the true God or the false God of mammon. Now, why would people serve mammon? Why would people serve, you know, yes, it's money, but it's more than that. It's, it's, it's what, it's money personified. It's what we think money can give us. And here's why. Because mammon promises us only what God can really give us. God, that's good preaching, Stovall. Say that again, so I'll write that down. Okay, I will. Mammon promises us only what God can give us. Okay? What? What is, what, what is, what is money? What, what is mammon promises? Promises security, right? Sponsor security, man. Look, you have enough money, you're going to be okay. The problem is the Bible says that riches do not deliver in the day of wrath. There is not enough money that can bring you security in the world that we live in. Bring you a few good times. Can't bring you true security. What else does money promise us? Identity. You can be somebody. Come on, you have enough money. What? Money can buy you enough friends. So Mammon says, you get, enough of, you get enough of me, you get enough of money. Look, you can be somebody. I'll give you an identity. I'll give you security. I'll give you an identity. Money says what? I'll give you a future. Look, you get enough money, your future's going to be fine. Your future is set. And what does money uh, say to us? And, and you can also have freedom. Isn't that what all the TV ads, when it's talking about your investments and your retirement portfolio, what does it say? Security. Freedom. Have enough money to be who you want to be. The problem is mammon promises all those things, but can't deliver on any of those things. Only God can give you true security. Only God knows your identity. He's formed you. Only God controls your future, and it's a good future. Can you say amen to that? And watch this. Only God can give, us two, can give us true freedom where regardless of the season of life and how much we have or how much we uh, don't have, regardless of what we're going through on the outside, listen, God can make you free on the inside. The person that's free in their soul is truly free. Anytime we have to be dependent on any type of external temporal thing like money, if we think that's going to bring us freedom, I'm telling you, we are deceived. And in this day and age, church, church, I'm telling you, everyone, listen, you've got to settle the money issue once and for all. I'm not saying you don't believe in God. I'm, I know you believe in God. But I'm asking you, who are you serving? Are you serving God or are you serving mammon? Where is your energy going? Where is your focus going? 
And so what's the solution? How do we know that, I'm, uh, that, that, that we're serving God and not money? How can I tell that God is first in my life and not mammon? I'm so glad that you asked that. And this is where we come into this principle that the Bible calls the tithe. Everybody say tithe. Okay, what does tithe mean? The tithe means 10%. Where did the tithe start or the principle of the tithe, of God being first? Where did, where did this all start? This all started way back in the garden. You know what it started with? The tree of life. Here's Adam and Eve. They've got all these trees, right? They've got all kinds of trees, tons of trees everywhere. God says, listen. You're in relationship with me. I'm to be first in your life. You can have everything in the garden except there's one thing that's mine and mine alone and you can't touch it. And the day that you touch it, you will surely die. What did they do? They had all the other trees, but there was this one tree, that one tree that God said, that belongs to me. Don't touch that. What does the God say about the tithe? The tithe what? Belongs to me. God's saying to the tree, the tree belongs to me. Okay, so they, 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 they disobey that. They're banished and all that. Now fast forward, what do we have? We have Cain and Abel, right? Here we go again. Listen, you don't think money is important? It started in the garden. We're about to, the first murder. You know what was over? It was over money. You're gonna go down. Listen, you know how the Antichrist controls the world in the end times? Money, buying and selling. That's what, that's what the mark is. How was Jesus betrayed? Over 30 pieces of what? Silver. It's money. If you don't think money is an issue, it's an issue. If you don't think that the God of mammon and the true God are in competition for the hearts of men, it's been that way since day one. So what happened with Cain and Abel? The Bible says that, that Abel brought the first he brought the best. He brought the first. He, this represents the tithe. What did Cain bring? Cain brought the leftovers. It says in the process of time, Cain brought him some of his har- harvest. You know what God said? God said, I will accept Abel's offering. He gave me the first. He gave me the best. Cain, I'm not going to accept your offering. You're giving me the leftovers. See, Christ has the preeminence. God cannot be second. He cannot be second. Cain was distraught. What did, what did God say to Cain? He said, Cain, listen, sin is crouching at your door, but you have to master it. I'm gonna tell you this. I know this might sound harsh, but it's the truth. If you cannot master money, you cannot manage your own life. Everyone go. Okay, now listen, this is not meant to be condemnatory or anything like that. I know that some people you're in here, you're like, so I'm so upside down financially. My finances are so crazy. Da, da, da. Listen, I'm not talking about what you've done to bring you to this point. I'm talking about where you are right now. And I'm telling, telling you that if you will take steps towards God for every step that you take towards him, he'll take a lot more steps towards you. And the point is, is yeah, come on, give God a hand for that. And the point is that you learn that this, this money issue, it's, it's a serious matter. 
That's why God takes the tithe seriously. So now fast forward, what do we have? We have the story of Abraham. Abraham wins the war. He's got these spoils, right? He meets this priest named Melchizedek that we find in the New Testament was a type and shadow of Jesus. This is way before the law. This is way before the Old Testament. What does the Bible say? That Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. Aren't we the children of Abraham? Doesn't the Bible say that? This is a type and shadow of the New Testament believer, as it talks about in Hebrews, tithing to Jesus. Aren't you glad now when you bring your tithe, you're tithing to God and not to man? So watch. God institutes this principle of the tithe. It goes through the the Old Testament. What does 10 represent in the Bible? The number of, of testing. What do we see in Egypt? How many plagues did God send to test Pharaoh? 10. Then he gives the children of Israel the promised land, right? So they're going into the promised land. You know what God says about the promised land? There's, I'm going to give you 10 cities, but the first city, Jericho, it's mine. Don't touch it. It's the same thing you said about the tree of life. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. All those, I'm going to give you, you're going to defeat it. All the spoils of Jericho are mine. What happens? A guy named Achan touches what is God's, the spools, and a curse breaks out among the Israelites. Why? Because they took the tithe. The tithe belongs to God. Tithing is how we show God that he is truly Lord of our life and not mammon. Tithing is where money, or more money, tithing is where the rubber hits the road. And listen, you can be mad about it and you can fight it and you can come up with a hundred ways to try to justify it. You go ahead and on. But it is what it is. And I would be lying to you and I would not be preaching to you the truth of the word of God if I told you any other thing. And here's the great thing about tithing. Tithing is so powerful and it's so spiritual. You have no idea the power that the first 10% of your income has. You have no idea. If I had pulled some change out of my pocket and showed you a dime, you have no idea how powerful the first dime is of every dollar you take in. And if you truly understood how powerful that is, if you're not tithing, you would start tithing no matter where you are financially and you would never go back for the rest of your life and you would see the blessings of God in your life. Come on. Let let, let me just give you four powerful truths about the tithe real quick. Okay, talking about what is the tithe. Leviticus 2730, it says, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Everybody say it's holy to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. That word means set apart, sanctified. Uh, it's, it, it, it has power. Number one, the tithe is the sacred portion of your income. It's the first that has the power to bless the rest. Just like Jesus. Jesus was a first fruits offering from God, right? Aren't we all blessed? Aren't now what? All of us can be children in the kingdom of God. Why? Because God offered the first fruits, Jesus. Your tithe, it's, it's holy. Watch. So here, it's, think about this. Remember, it's not just 10%, it's the first 10%. It's very important. That means this. 
Let's just say you made $100, okay? You just made $100. The first, before any of those $10 are spent, I take the first $10, watch, and I give that to God. That first $10, watch, it's holy. That's why if it's not returned to God, what? It carries with it a, a curse. It's, I'm, it is what it is. The tithe is holy. It's the sacred portion of your income. That's why if you go, if you go back and look at that story back in Jericho where it says, you know, Achan, God says Achan, he's taken of the, the accursed things. If, if you look at that, it, it, it implies the same, he's taken what is holy. He's, he's taken of, of what's God, so it carries the curse. It was intended to bless, but now it carries the curse. Your tithe is holy. The second thing is tithing is worship. Listen, tithing is not about your money, even though it involves your money. It is about your heart. It is about who you belong to. It's about, does, does my, my affections, my first, and, and this goes back to that whole chapter in Matthew 6. What is Jesus saying? Don't worry about this. Don't worry about the, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here's the thing. All of us have a tithe. What God is saying is, look, I'm not asking you to go find any more money or anything else. I'm asking you just to take the first 10 and give that to me as worship. Trade your worry for worship and see if God doesn't begin to bless you Watch this. It's, it's holy to the Lord. It's worship. Watch. D does the Lord inhabit the praises of his people? Then he inhabits your tithe. Is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Then your tithe is spiritual, which means your money is spiritual. It's the sacred portion of your income, and tithing is worship. Okay, the third thing is, Every, you might be saying, well, Stovall, you know, I don't, I don't tithe, you know, and well, watch, let me help you. Everybody tithes somewhere. Everybody tithes somewhere or to someone or a combination of things. If you have an income, your something or someone or a combination thereof is getting the first 10% of your income. And because of that, your relationship with money is one of worry and not worship. And what Jesus is saying, if you'll take that and just give that to me, watch. It's sacred, it's holy, it has the power to bless the rest. I'll make the 90% of your income go so much further with my supernatural blessing than your 100% would without God's blessing. And if God's not blessing it, what is it? It's cursed. I'm asking you are, you, are you, are you, are you getting ahead? Do you have peace? Can you watch? Can you, can you lie down? Can you, can you sleep? Here's the great thing about tithing. It doesn't mean that you don't have financial challenges and tests and all those kind of things. But you know what it, you know where the peace is? When you're lying down at night, you know what you know? God has got your back. And you're, and, and it's his money. It's his money and it's not yours. The fourth, remember this, tithing is not giving, tithing is returning. It's not giving, 
It's returning because, yes, everything belongs to God, but how do we represent that? How do we represent God being first and not mammon? We return the 10% to God. It belongs to God. Let me read you the, out of Malachi chapter three, verse six. God says this, now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. So God's saying, return. I want you to return to me. I want your heart to return to me. Look at the, God says, but you say, how can we return to you when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You've cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due me. You're under a curse. Your whole nation has been cheating me. Now bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Look at this. Try it. Put me to the test. Can you believe God's even like lowering himself to? Here's why. You know what? God, God, here, God is so smart. He's so smart. You know what God knows? He knows money has such a grip on people's hearts. It's the one thing where God says, try it. Prove me. Test it. That's why our church always, for years and years and years, we offer what we call the seven-week tithing challenge. You tithe, you try it. Put God to the test. Prove it. Try it for seven weeks. If you don't see God bless your life, if you don't see the tangible benefits of tithing and the power of God come into your life at the next level, look, we'll give you all your money back. We'll give you all your money back. And let me, let me just make clear in case you're new to celebration. Listen, we don't, we don't have, our church is doing great. We've got money in the bank. We, know, we don't preach on money because like, oh, you know, something's coming up. Now we do a, a year in heart for the house offering. We'll show you all the things like the Orlando church plant. Come on, can you give God a big, big hand for that? Like, 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 man, our church is blessed. That's why we're able to do so much. And I hope that you understand. I mean, I hope that you like being involved in a church that has margin and that does, we've, we've got money in the bank. I hope that you like, yeah, thank you all three of y'all. The rest of y'all like, spend it. No, listen. <laughs> you know what? If you're blessed, you should have money in the bank, if you're managing it the right way. And I want that anointing to go down to all of our people. But what I'm trying to say, watch, tithing is for you. This is, this is for you. This is about your heart. This is about your relationship with God. And I'm telling you, we can believe God first all we want. If we don't get the God first and the money situation right, you'll never see the power of God in your life like God wants you to see it. So he says, look, look, try it, test me, prove me. Your crops will be abundant. He's just talking about, he's gonna bless you financially. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Here's the thing about tithing. It's just like all these other God first issues. You've gotta, you've, you've gotta make the decision. One, you gotta decide what kind of person are you gonna be? I'm gonna make this decision one time and then I'm gonna manage it for the rest of the, my life. It's like, I'm gonna make the decision. You know what? I'm gonna read my Bible. 
I'm going to read my Bible. I'm making that one time. I'm not, re, I'm not re-deciding that. I'm going to be faithful to God's house. I'm not re-deciding that based on the weather. I'm going to tithe. I'm not re-deciding that every week or every month based on different circumstances. I'm making the decision one time and I'm going to manage it for the rest of my life. Let me give you, I'm going to close with this. It's just a simple definition of biblical tithing. Biblical tithing is bringing the first 10% of your income to God through your local church. Bringing the first 10%, watch, that's, it's returning. It already belongs to God. You're bringing it to God. Remember Melchizedek, I'm giving to Jesus. Yes, it comes through your local church, but you are giving it to Jesus. He is your high priest and a good one at that. And then it goes to your local church, what the Bible calls your storehouse, the place where you could bring it. I know we give electronically and it's a different day and age like that, but it's the principle of it's the place where you come at your home church. So if Celebration Church is not your home church, you do not tithe here. If you're visiting from another church, your tithe belongs at your local church. Jesus or mammon, you can't serve both. And all of us are serving one or the other. Everybody's tithing somewhere. My prayer is that you'll decide once and for all to put God first and that Jesus will get your best, that Jesus will get the energy and worship that he deserves from your life. And guess what? Then God, all these things will be added unto you. Do you wanna know why God doesn't give people more? Here's why. Remember the message I preached about the soul? Because when you don't settle this money issue through the tithe, here's the thing. God knows if he gives you more, that's gonna distance you from him. We talk about, can we trust God? Well, can God trust you? (laughs) I think trusting God's pretty settled. I mean, you know, he's got a good track record. But we're always like, we want more and bless me here and bless me there. Watch, God is not gonna give you something that drives you further from him and fractures your soul. But Jesus saying, if you'll start with the tithe with your money, if you'll get what? If you're faithful in little, he'll make you what? Faithful in much. That's how you get more. That's the secret of the God first life. When order's restored, blessing is released. And God wants to prosper you. You know, prosperity, all that means is that you have more than enough to do God's will in your life. And some of you might say, Stovall, I'm so far from that, I'm just surviving. You know what? That's okay. God will take you from survival to stable to strong to surplus if you'll learn to put him first in your finances. Come on, Father, thank you. Bow your heads with me. Thank you for your word, Lord. And God, right now, my prayer is at all of our locations, God, that we would settle the money issue once and for all. Jesus, you told us we can't serve God and mammon. Lord, many people, they believe in God, but they're serving mammon because they haven't put you first with the holy sacred portion of their finances that belongs to you. So Father, my prayer is from this day forward, God, that you would truly be first in in our finances. With every head bowed and every eye closed, how many of you would say, Stovall, from this day forward, I'm just, God is gonna be first in my 
finances. I, I'm going to tithe. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to take steps. I want you to lift a hand right now wherever you are. Many, many hands going up. Lord, we thank you. Lord, look at all the people. You are their God, not man. And put those hands down. Father, thank you so much for that. How many of you would say this? You'd say, Stovall, just in general, man, I'm away from Jesus. I, I need Jesus to be Lord of my life today. I need to commit or recommit my life to Christ. If that's you, would you raise up a hand as well before we close here? Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. You can put those hands down. Let me say a prayer. And I'm going to ask everyone just to repeat this prayer and, and just kind of say this as a declaration of faith uh, and help those along who are praying a prayer like this for the very first time. Say this, say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiveness and everlasting life. And Lord, from this day forward, I understand that the tithe belongs to you. Jesus, I serve you and not mammon. I'll be faithful in little so that you will give me much. And, and we, in your name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for God. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.